0: This is Talk the Talk with Cameron Billis and Darren Weiss. Here's what's to expect on this week's podcast. Let's talk some NFL. It feels good to have football back in our lives. There's something about Jay Cutler that I like and I think he's all business and he's just a gamer and Colin Kaepernick has been served a life sentence by the NFL. Cameron Braid is joining us now on Talk to Talk. You know, there's uh, a couple times I really
1: didn't tell uh, if I'd be playing football, you know, the next week. He was mostly just doing anything I know college student
2: would do. How often are the cameras there? Are they really in on every team huddle? How many takes are they doing? Sort of explain the situation there. And is that fun or is that do you sort of have to watch yourself? Everyone has to sing a song
1: in front of the team which is uh, pretty brutal. I just think I'd regret it if I gave it up now. This is a healthier probably in four or five years.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Talk the Talk. Cameron Billis, joined by my co-host, Darren Weiss. And we are changing things up a little bit here in our third episode. Got a new type of special guest for you. It is a NFL football player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cameron, great tight end. For the Bucks will be joining us later on in the podcast. And with that being said, Darren, let's talk some NFL. It feels good to have football back in our lives.
2: Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, first preseason Hall of Fame game already occurred. Uh, you know, first set of uh, the real preseason starts this weekend. And uh, I think everyone's ready for fantasy. The weather's starting to turn. It's going to start getting chilling a couple weeks here. And, uh, you know, it's football season. You know, baseball is the only sport going on right now. and. There's so little teams that make the playoffs. A lot of fans just sort of
0: wait for the NFL. So uh, it should be another exciting NFL season. Absolutely. And there was news that just took place in the NFL, big-time news. A player who was retired for a short amount of time, I guess you could say, Jay Cutler, has found his way into the booth, the TV booth, and without even broadcasting a game, found his way back onto the field signing a one-year contract with the Miami Dolphins Ryan Tannehill their starting quarterback suffered a knee injury that is likely keeping him out for the majority of the season if not the entire season and so they went out made a big splash do you think this is a move that makes them better keeps them afloat or makes them worse
2: you know I think at the very worst it keeps them afloat I've never really been a huge Tannehill guy he's always been sort of a game manager he's not going to really go out there and win you a game in my opinion and I know Jay Cutler gets a lot of hate in the Windy City, you know, towards the end of career, his career, he was hurt a lot, and a lot of things happened in the locker room where, you know, the front office wasn't happy with him, but I, you know what, I, there's something about Jay Cutler that I like, and I think he's all business, and he's just a gamer, and, you know, he doesn't show much emotion, but I think he's got a lot of skill, and, you know, Miami, it's a lot easier to play in Miami than it is Chicago, it's always warm down there, you know, in Chicago, you had to play outside in the cold half half the games, and, I think, you know, this is sort of going to rejuvenate him We'll see what happens, you know,
0: and uh, I-, I like the move a lot for Miami. I do. Jay Cutler coming off one of the worst seasons of his career, throwing just over a thousand yards, did spend some time injured. So that definitely played a factor into it, but was never really the same guy with the Bears as he was in his three seasons in Denver and constantly disappointed with interceptions and being unable to win in big games the reason that this fit made sense was because Cutler spent time with Adam Gase. So there that fit was there with Cutler being familiar with the system, but I just don't see Cutler being able to step in there and beat a team like the Patriots. You know, and that's obviously the cream of the crop. I right now the, if, before this Tannehill injury, I really thought that they were they were getting in a groove and They made the playoffs last year. But this, to me, is a big, big step back. And now they are the third best team in the AFC East.
2: Yeah, you know, I don't think uh, anyone's going to say that New England's not going to win the AFC East. Obviously, the Jets, there's no discussion there. They might win. They might win two or three games. I mean, they just look awful. The Bills, I don't think, you know, there was a turnover there in the coaching department. I don't think they're anything special. I think, you know... New England's going to win the division. I think Dolphins, they could be right around 7-9, and 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. Um, You know, the thing that always works with the Dolphins, they've always sort of depended on their defense. They've always had an above-average defense. So we'll see if Cutler can work some magic and put some points up on the scoreboard. But I think they'll be right there most of the season in the wild-card wild card hunt. They're not going to win the AFC East, as I said, with New England there. And you can almost pencil in two losses against New England, but the rest of that division is weak. So I think Miami's
0: certainly got a chance to contend. Yeah, the Jets. The Jets are definitely in a rebuilding year. I like the Bills to finish second there. I, I think with this, I think the talent was there last year. You know, Tyrod Taylor's a talented guy. Can run, can pass. Sammy Watkins, dual threat. Yep, really talented guy as well. I just with Rex Ryan there. The coaching, I don't think, was up to par. Rex Ryan, I think, gets a bigger hype and following because of his early success with the Jets, but Rex Ryan hasn't won anything since those first two years. I mean, he is consistently underwhelmed. Oh, yeah, totally. And, you know, he sort of carried the name
2: with them. I like him. I think he's a good defensive man. I don't think he's quite the head coach that he used to be. You know, he had a great defense with the Jets when they— you know, went to the AFC Championship a couple years ago, but the Bills—they have talent. You know, as you said, Tyrod Taylor, dual threat, can can do it with his legs and his arms. Lashawn McCoy, as he proved last year, still a top five, seven running back. I think it all—I mean, Sammy Watkins—he's just been so injury-prone since he's come out of Clemson. Can he stay healthy? And if he can stay healthy, are we going to see what he was, what his potential was? And that's a number one wide receiver um you know they got Shaq Lawson also lot of Clemson who was hurt last year they have a solid defense you know they got a solid line we'll see what happens it's always been a problem it's always been a question can they put it all together because they've always had the talent they just lose these games late they don't know how to close games stupid penalties so I think it'll be the obviously the Bills and the Dolphins right there fighting right around 500 for that uh, second place
0: in the division now let's get into a little more of a controversial topic it's been really the big discussion in the last few weeks in the NFL and that's Colin Kaepernick the Dolphins had the chance to sign him instead of Jay Cutler the Ravens have had discussions about signing him with Joe Flacco being on the mend and not 100% for the upcoming season Colin Kaepernick I think is just getting absolutely screwed by NFL owners He's getting blackballed, Cameron. I mean, it's... Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you look around the league, and you can have a guy punch a girlfriend, punch a wife, punch a woman. You can have a guy cheating, taking drugs, steroids, so be it, and they will serve their suspensions and get right back in the league in no time. And yet, Colin Kaepernick doesn't do anything illegal, expresses his right is an American to protest in a safe and in controlled way. And yet he has gotten a life sentence. Colin Kaepernick has been served a life sentence by the NFL. Not only
2: has he not done anything wrong, he does so much right off the field. He's involved in many charities with kids. He's involved in civil right activist groups. I mean, he was standing up for a... A belief that he believes in, right? So who is he who is anyone to say that he's right or wrong? I mean, I almost give him credit for standing up for what he believes in because there's too many people today that are just in cruise control and don't stand up for what they believe in.
0: Yeah, you look at all these these big time athletes and athletes, I think you and I could both agree on this, have so much impact on kids. And what in you know, kids they watch them every Sunday Kids want to be like these athletes. Exactly. They want to be like these athletes. And whether you agree or disagree with what Kaepernick is fighting for, to show kids that they have the ability to stand up for what they believe in and that he's doing it on the biggest of stages, that's a great sign. But on the flip side, when you have teams in the NFL who desperately need quarterbacks, such as the Ravens and the Dolphins up until a day or two ago... Kaepernick's a winner he brought the 49ers to a Super Bowl the talent's there I don't under you know for a kid to see well you know if I stand up for something that I believe in but it's not what other people believe in then I won't be able to succeed in my in my field that that's a bad sign for me totally and you know
2: what talking about these other guys I mean you look at an owner like Jerry Jones with the Dallas Cowboys he'll do anything to win he brought in You know, he's brought in guys like Tank Johnson, Adam Pacman Jones. He brought in Greg Hardy, who like almost practically killed his wife. Okay. But Colin Kaepernick, who is without a doubt good enough to start on probably a half a dozen, at least at the very bare minimum, a half a dozen teams he could start on. And he only got one, one team only brought him in for a visit this off season. It's, it's, he's totally being blackballed. And I just don't think it's fair. I mean. The Seahawks decided to sign Austin Davis as their backup quarterback. Okay, no nope. and, and no one can say that Austin Davis is better than Colin
0: Kaepernick. There's absolutely no doubt. I don't think anyone in this world would say that. I agree. I you know, and it's you feel you almost feel bad for him in the sense that you want to see him out on the field, see see him get the opportunity to put the haters and the doubters to rest and just go out there play football, and prove to everyone that you can not only stand up for what you believe in, but compete at the highest level. Regardless, Darren and I, and we know the rest of you, are all excited for football to be back. And with football being back, we decided it was only right for us to have a conversation with a current NFL player. As we mentioned previously in the show, Cameron Braid is joining us now on Talk to Talk. Cameron is a current NFL tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, had a breakout season last year for the Bucs, and has really been a rags-to-riches story, graduating from Harvard with an economics degree, not getting drafted, being cut by Tampa Bay twice, and has really worked his way up the ranks.
2: Cameron really put a name for himself on the map last year, had 57 receptions for 660 yards and 8 touchdowns. Cameron, thanks for coming on, my man.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. How you doing?
2: Hey, I'm good, man. So, you know, coming out of high school, you decided to attend Harvard, which... You know, Harvard speaks for itself. Obviously, it's an Ivy League school. It's not known for football. It's more known for its academics. Did you go to Harvard with the idea of pursuing a football career, or did you go with pursuing, you know, an economics career, and football just sort of happened to work out?
1: Yeah, uh, just kind of worked out, man. Um, you know, both my uh, parents were teachers, um, so once I had the opportunity to kind of go to a school like Harvard, uh, I think they would have disowned me, but not know, so um, I'm thankful they pushed me in that direction for sure. But I, I never really thought I would end up, you know, playing in the NFL or anything like that. I was just hoping to, you know, have a big college football experience, and uh, you know, things just kind of ended up working out pretty well for me here.
2: Now that you're in the NFL, do a lot of teammates ask you for, you know, economic advice or advice on the market? Do they ask you some questions like what I should invest in? What, is there anything like that going on? A uh,
1: little bit. You know, mostly joking. Um, whenever asks, I went out I advised them to get a real professional uh, to help them out with that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I'll throw some, I'll throw some hot, hot stock advice at them. Usually it doesn't work out too well. So <laughs> um, I had a bad call on oil a couple years ago with one of my teammates. And, uh, you know, after after the rest of the guys find out about that, they uh, suck so cool. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Now let's uh, talk about your off-season regimen. You know, you spend a lot of time in the off-season in LA, uh, training at Jay Glazer's gym, which is sort of a different take on on you know workouts and training. And it's you know they incorporate a lot of MMA wrestling type um, techniques. Um, How is that training different, and how has that benefited uh, your game? Yeah, it's something I've never really done before. Uh, My coach.
1: Remember he left and I took a job with the 49ers, but he uh, he hooked me up with Jay, and uh, he thought you know it, it would help me out just being physical in my routes, and in me, So uh, I found a good excuse to uh, go to LA. So I I gave it a shot. I spent my i been for about six weeks. Uh, I loved it. Um, you know the workouts were, were really tough. The boxing, the uh, striking, the wrestling stuff. Uh, I really didn't look forward to that section of the workout, but uh, I think it's really paid dividends uh, as far as my game out here on the football field, just
0: you know using my hands, playing with leverage. Uh, so hopefully it continues to pay off. Is it something that you know MMA and wrestling were those things that you were interested in before you started those workouts, or was is that more so a coincidence that you got involved in this?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I really I didn't know much about them. Uh, I hadn't really done them at all before, um, but I really think they do carry over. Both games, football and MMA, being so physical, uh, both you know stuck with your hands so much that uh, I definitely recommend it to anyone else who plays football to
2: use that kind of training. You were an undrafted free agent. You signed with Tampa Bay. They released you. You got picked up by New Orleans, who then released you. And you got picked up by Tampa Bay again. So it took a little bit of time to prove yourself. How was that, you know, coming out of college, not being picked up, and the journey, the journey there?
1: It, it was tough. You know, There's uh, a couple times I really didn't know uh, if I'd be playing football, you know, the next week, uh, you know, next month. So, um, you know, I, I always believe in myself that if I got the opportunity that uh, I could play at this level. Um, just being from a smaller school, though, you really don't get the same opportunities that a the player would get. So you really got to make the most of them when those opportunities present themselves. So, um, you know, I was lucky a couple injuries my second year uh, kind of opened the opened the gate for me to take uh, have a chance to start a couple of games and you know luckily I made a couple of plays and just kind of built off of
0: that to what I had Cameron, take us through the draft process because as fans, obviously, people followed the big names and the guys who are going in the top few rounds, but I don't think people truly understand what it's like for the fringe guys and guys like you who go undrafted. So what what was that process like? Uh, so you know, it's hard. Uh,
1: you really. Really don't know what's gonna happen. Um, so I, I've been in talks with some teams. I had a couple workouts with teams leading up to the draft. Uh, I really didn't think I was gonna get drafted. A couple teams said they, they might take me in you know, the seventh round or something like that um, leading up to the draft. But you know, I had a couple friends over to watch the draft, hoping I was gonna get a phone call afterwards that someone was gonna sign me. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work out either. Uh, So, I got a call a couple hours later that the Vikings wanted to have me try out at mini camp. Um, You know, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to, you know, even try out at a camp. Uh, I thought I was going to get signed, so that was really tough for me. Um, But, you know, it it ended up working out. For how tough that draft night was for me, um, you know, I wouldn't change
0: it for anything. Were there any kind of crazy questions that GMs or coaches asked you? I know in the media we hear about some of the crazy things that prospects get asked. I'm kind of curious if there were any fun stories you had along the way. Uh, you know, being, being someone from Harvard,
1: I think we kind of get an unfair amount of credit for our intelligence. Um, you know, just a regular guy, but some of the coaches, uh, you know, make a big deal about it. Like, oh, you know, this guy, he, uh, we don't really have to worry about him with anything. Um, but one of the, one of the uh, scouts is really concerned about how I had yes me multiple times, so I thought that was funny. Kept insisting I had zero, but uh, I don't know if he believed me.
0: Okay, so now fast forwarding, let's let's talk about this past year's draft because as Darren mentioned to start this off, you really made a name for yourself this past year. Do you watch the draft and when you saw that the Bucks were looking at the tight end from Alabama, O. J. Howard, what, what was going through your mind there? You know, I was
1: I was watching the draft. I was actually in a Bucks Event, uh, we had a draft party. I was over there watching it. Um, you know, obviously, I'd seen OJ play a bunch, uh, you know, in college going to Alabama. They're always on TV and everything. So I knew about him. And uh, once I saw him kind of fight a little, uh, you know, I saw that the Bucks might have a chance of getting him. And, uh, you know, I really I couldn't be happy that we got him because he'll make my job a lot easier. Uh, you know, having another tight end to work with like him, someone who's so athletic. Uh, So gifted naturally, Um, you know teams are going to have to, you know, put put a couple guys on him. I mean, we got Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson on the outside. So, um, you know, just kind of with the tools that we have on offense, I think a lot of us are going to have good opportunities, you know, one on one coverage uh, to make some plays. So, adding a guy like him, um, you know, you never want your team to draft someone at your position in the first round, but I really think he's going to help.
2: Totally. So, you know, you guys play in a tough division. It's sort of. You know, it seems like there's a new winner in that division every year between the Panthers, you guys, obviously the Falcons who made the Super Bowl last year, and the Saints. A lot of good quarterbacks, a lot of good competition. How how's working with Jameis? How's your chemistry with him on the field, and how does that translate off the field? It's awesome.
1: You know, uh, you know, I speak for everyone on our team. We all know Jameis. Uh, you know, very genuine guy. Everything he says comes from the heart. Uh, he really cares about you know every one of Every one of his teammates, and he really cares about winning. Uh, so he's he's an awesome guy to play with, an awesome guy to have as uh, leader for the Bucks. Um, you know, he's just a gamer. Uh, you know, he always seems to step up when the bright lights are on. When he has the chance to make a play, he's just amazing. Uh, you know, he's really elevated everyone's you know work ethic, everyone's game over here at One Buck, and uh, you know it's it's been awesome working with him.
0: And we're talking with Cameron Braid here on Talk to Talk. Cameron Billis and Darren Weiss. Cameron, what is he like outside of football? I know he's had a tough time really helping his reputation with some things that, you know, could happen to the best of us. Kind of explain what Jameis is like outside of the field. He's just a really,
1: really real dude. Um, You know, what you see is what you get with him. Uh, Obviously, I had heard about some of his stuff in college. Um, Some of his incidents, and so I had a couple... You know, I mean, it's about what he was going to be like he just kind of blew them away right away. Uh, he just, you know, goes with the flow, super funny, goofy guy, uh, really, really cool to hang out with me. I, I think it's unfair to criticize someone, you know, 20 years old, just one to the Heisman. He was mostly just doing anything a normal college kid would do um, for a lot of that. And, uh, you know, it's just, it took a while to probably get used to the spotlight, but I mean, he used to it now. He, he really
2: embraces it. So, you know, playing the tight end position, you know, you have the duties of sometimes blocking defensive ends or linebackers or, you know, linebackers will cover you if you go out for a pass. Tell the people listening, who are some of the toughest, hardest guys you've gone up against?
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely, I would say, more of a receiving tight end, actually, than a blocking tight end. I'm not quite as big as some of those defensive ends. So for me, you know, blocking a Julius Peppers, you know, um, Von Miller last year. Uh, you know, that's, that's very tough. Um, you know, in coverage, guys like Eric Derry. I mean, it was good about it, probably the best that I've gone to in coverage, but, um, I remember my rookie year, uh, I was, I had to block Julius Peppers one-on-one, and, you know, I was full exertion, everything I had, trying to move him, and he, just was not trying, just holding me
0: off completely. Huh. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was pretty humbling. Scene. Cameron, NFL schedules are different than any other sports, obviously, as you only play one game a week. Aside from your interdivision games, when you know you're playing those teams twice a year, is there a game this upcoming year that you've kind of already circled on your schedule that you're looking forward to playing more than than another game? Uh, definitely. I, I think
1: we're all excited about game. Uh, play the Patriots Thursday night early in the season. I think it's week 5. You know, what a a great opportunity to get a national spotlight, go against the defending champs um, Thursday night football. So it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. You know, I got a bunch of friends that are going to come to that game. So um, I think that's one that we all kind of got circled.
2: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are featured on this season's Hard Knocks, which airs on HBO. We only see you know, the best of the best of these highlights on hard knocks. How often are the cameras there? Are they really in on every team huddle? How many takes are they doing? Sort of explain the situation there. And is that fun or is that, do you sort of have to watch yourself?
1: No, I mean, it's really just, they tell you just to act natural and it's really, you know, not that big of a distraction. There's already so many people out here, so many cameras that practice. Um, I mean, We've had a couple... We've had to come over to our apartment. I was to one of the guys on the team a couple times already um, to kind of do some uh, shoots for them. Um, But, you know, I I think it's kind of fun. Um, I mean, how often am I going to be able to chance to be on HBO? So uh, I think it's pretty cool. It gives us, you know, a little more exposure than uh, we're used to being a smaller market team. Um, So, you know, we're excited about Hard Knocks. I think they said something that... uh, Every one hour of footage they use on television, they shoot 350 hours of film. So, that would be a tough job going through all that So i I don't have to do that.
0: Has there been a moment where, you know, while it's going on, you've done something, and, you know, you're like, oh, gosh, I wish I could have that back. They probably just caught that on film? Uh, not
1: yet. I mean, that's why, that was my goal uh, in training camp. It's just to not, not make an ass of myself. Uh, it's hard to so I'm pretty sure I haven't said anything stupid, but uh, I do say a lot of stupid stuff. So huh. hopefully it just doesn't it doesn't get on the uh, the final cut.
2: So on Hard Knocks, they usually do a small segment of rookie hazing and what the veterans put the rookies through. When you were a rookie coming in undrafted, was there is there any stories of you you know being hazed or having to pick up a thirty thousand dollar dinner tab for the rest of the team? Is there any fun or embarrassing stories like that to happen to you?
1: Uh, not really, nothing too crazy. I'm, we usually make the rusty here. Uh, everyone has to sing a song in front of the team, which is uh, pretty brutal. Uh, huh. I did "Roses" by Outkick, is what I sang a couple of years ago. Um, it was horrendous. Um, very traumatizing experience. I uh, did have to buy the uh, other tight end dinner, and so they got a. They told the waiter to bring out a fake bill. And uh, the bill said like twenty two thousand dollars, and I uh, I just been activated from the practice squad, so I didn't have a ton of money at the time. Uh, so that was a pretty jarring experience. It ended up being about three or four uh, thousand, but um, yeah, I had to, I had to call my uh, my financial advisor to t- to try to release some funds so I could pay for that dinner.
0: Cameron, I want to talk to you about CTE because obviously it's such a serious situation in football. How much consideration do you give to that, playing such a brutal game? And have you contemplated retirement with some of the recent study releases?
1: You know, um, I I really haven't thought about it too much. I try not to. I really can't imagine my life without football right now. Um, I'm really enjoying my time playing it. You know, um, I I try to keep my head out and stuff as much as I can. Uh, yeah I probably have taken a couple hits here or there but I've only had one concussion playing football um, in my in my entire life knock on wood um obviously the uh, the new study that came out was uh, pretty alarming um but then again the people that donated their heads to science for that study are people that you know thought they might have PPE. so um I think it's obviously there, there seems to be a link between football PPE, but uh uh-uh. uh Hopefully, hopefully, I'll be okay in the long run, but I just, I just think I'd regret it if I
2: gave it up now. You know, when you do have to call it quits one day, you know, you're a graduate of Harvard, so it's not going to be very hard for you to find a job. Have you ever thought about what you want to do after football, if you want to stay in football, or if you want to go into economics or finance or anything on that end?
1: Yeah, well, I'm hoping to parlay this HBO, the hard-knock experience into an acting career. You know, if that doesn't work out, which I don't think it will. I think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go back to business school. That's something I'm interested in doing. Um, you know, I think I'd like to kind of have it in my mind that I want, I want to try to get into Stanford eventually, hopefully go to school out there for a couple of years, and then kind of just, you know, see where life takes me, I guess.
0: Cameron, let's talk about the end of your last year. You missed the last game having to be put on the IR with a back injury. And, you know, I've done a little bit of research on it. A fractured transverse process is what it's called. What was the injury like? What was the rehab like? Do you feel like you're back at a hundred percent going into this upcoming season?
1: Yeah. uh, It sucked. Um, it just, you know, kind of got hit the wrong spot. And, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, fractured a couple, um, Bones in my back. Luckily, I didn't have to get surgery or anything. So um, it was nice. I just got to lay on the couch for a month. Uh, Really, no expectations of me, which is always nice. Read a lot of books. Um, But I got into yoga this offseason because of that. And, uh, you know, this is the healthiest I've felt probably in four or five years. Um, Just, I think it's done a lot as far as my flexibility, mobility, core strength. So uh, it's something I'm definitely. Definitely happy I got uh, something I'm gonna
0: to continue to do. Okay, so now let's talk about this upcoming season. Now that you said you're feeling better than ever. The Bucks went out, they signed us on Deshaun Jackson, as we said, they brought in O. J. Howard. On a personal side, what are your expectations for the season? And then as a team, what are your team expectations for twenty seventeen?
1: Yeah, I mean personally, you know, as Sounds, all I really care about is how our team does. My first year we went two and fourteen uh, you know, that was pretty, pretty miserable to come into work every day. The um, so, you know, I just want to continue to build on kind of what I did last year. Um, you know, as far as numbers-wise, hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll get my fair share of balls. But as long as, you know, James getting the ball around, getting the ball to, you know, all the guys we have out there, I think everyone's going to be pretty happy. Uh, as far as the team goes, um, you know, our goal is definitely to, to get into the playoffs this year and try to make some noise once we get in. Uh, with the, uh, the experience that we've been growing the past couple of years, the c- uh, culture that Coach Carter has kind of instilled here at work—you um, know—we really think these guys are it for the team. So we're really excited to get things going. How
2: how hot is it down in Tampa Bay during training camp? What do you do to stay cool?
1: It's so hard. Uh, you just really got to crush as much light, as much Gatorade as you can because. You know you're about to lose seven, eight pounds of water weight each day at practice. Luckily, we've been practicing in the morning um, the past couple of years. My first couple of years with Lovey Smith, we were practice at two thirty in the afternoon. So every day, wow. about you know, heating next to one fifteen on the field. So uh, you know, we're very happy that we're practicing in the morning now. And uh, but yeah, you really can't prepare. You know, I was training in Chicago uh, this summer. So I just got back down to Tampa on, uh, Monday, and, man, the Chiefs it's
2: brutal. Before we let you go here, Cameron, when you were in L.A. this summer, we, uh, you got into the, you got into, uh, you know, going to see some plays and some theater. How, how'd you enjoy that? It was awesome, man. Uh, really
1: inspirational stuff. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. You know, I've never really been exposed to that kind of thing before, and, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed watching some of the guys You know, I worked out with saw at the gym. Uh, especially uh Darren uh, really put on quite the show for me. So I'll uh, definitely another definitely
2: one for a while. Cameron, thank you so much for coming on here at Talk the Talk. We really appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck this upcoming season and uh, hope for only the best for you.
0: Well, that'll do it for things here on Talk the Talk. We want to thank our special guest, Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Cameron Brait for joining us here on the podcast. If you missed any of the episode or you want to hear some of our previous episodes, check us out at TalkTheTalk talk on Twitter. That's TalkThe with two E's, Talk. Uh, follow us on iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, check us out on SoundCloud. Football's back, talk, the talk was back, and we'll be back once again next week with a brand new special guest. But until then, for my co-host Darren Weiss, I'm Cameron Billis. Thanks for listening.